Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Dr. Randy Bach. Today's April 20, uh, 2022. And I'm going to turn on my super duper light also. Because uh, <laughs> um, it is actually beautiful out today. <clears throat> I'm getting some sunlight, but the sun is going to be setting shortly, and that'll leave us in the dark a little bit. Hopefully not uh, metaphysically, because we have the light of knowledge. Um, is a little bit slow in coming. Uh, everybody's aware that uh, a couple days ago, perhaps, um, <clears throat> a federal judge of some type uh, somehow uh, took the masks off in, in the airlines. Um, and I think the TSA is now relaxing this as well. <clears throat> so domestic flights and probably international flights as well emanating from the United States will be maskless. Uh, there were cheers, uh, literally, um, on the airlines and uh you know people uh were just you know ecstatic in mid-flight they heard about this so i i uh, know there were some flights where the uh, stewards uh and stewardesses or flight attendants um came around and, and you know were willing to take and put the masks in the trash uh not for everybody uh there's you know a few clingers uh bitter clingers as uh, uh president obama uh once um uh, 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 called uh, the right, you know, cling to their guns and so forth. Well, people cling to other things. They cling to bad theories. They cling to their fears. And as uh, uh, one of my commenters here says, uh, you know, follow the science, but in this case, the political science. Um, that's that's probably been where it's been at all along. Um, that might be a one preposition too many because um, that's where it's been at. <laughs> uh, there's a great joke. Uh, about ending a sentence with a preposition, um, you know, a guy goes to the, um, England and back in the day when people were a little bit more stuffy and uh, he says, can you please tell me where the uh, restrooms are at? And says, well, you know, in, in uh, England, we never end a sentence with a preposition. He says, oh, I'm really sorry about that. It says, uh, uh, excuse me, can you please tell me where the restaurants are at? Bleep hole, <laughs> uh, bad word. Um, and uh, anyway, that's that's uh, you know little mores uh, are different from place to place, and th that has you know that, that it's not not the joke not, not quite pertinent, but it does point out how different uh, things are from place to place. Not because of the facts, not because of the science, but because of the way people want things to be, or the you know the, the things they try to shoehorn uh, into other aspects. And we're going to cover some of that tonight. Uh, I, I want to begin with a, a note of. Um, uh, shameless uh, uh, self-promotion and self-congratulation. I worked really hard on getting my book out, uh, Overturning Zika, and you can buy it on Amazon in the Kindle form. Uh, the paper versions I've had to rework because um, Kindle's a tough thing, uh, or Amazon Publishing. This is K, um, KDP, I think it is, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. And um, uh, so I'm having some graphics people kind of rework some of my images and figures and so forth so they come out sharp uh, or sharply um, in the uh, print version. So I, I hope you will navigate to find it. It's a pretty simple title, Overturning Zika. And, uh, um, you know, I, in science, I mean, sometimes, you know, law is not science, but I'll give law credit. They, they document things and they have to have argumentation and it'll either go through a judge or a jury. Um, it doesn't mean they're always perfect. I mean, I think OJ killed um, his wife and, uh, uh, what, I can't remember Mr. Goldman's first name. Uh, I think he's, you know, vigorously uh, slit her throat, apparently all the way back to the cervical spine. Uh, so she, he, you know, nearly decapitated her. 
and uh, uh, he certainly acted guilty and so forth. So juries aren't perfect and judges aren't perfect and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in, in science, uh, you might think that, you know, let the science, you know, let the experts speak, let the science figure it out. This is, you know, questioning science is science as we've discussed here many times. And my book questions the, the very shoddy science that went into the uh, Zika uh, declaration of a Zika pandemic, uh, and specifically the association with microcephaly, of which there may or may not actually have been um, an increase in Recife, uh, Brazil, spelled Recife, uh, Brazil. And, you know, I, I learned so much with this book and from this book that I hope you will uh, entertain my, uh, my mad delirium and my... Uh, uh, you know, frankly, I think quite thorough research. Uh, it, it became a, a, a joy um, to find out more and more. And it's also been, a, an, you know, element of frustration because uh, all, I've actually had elements of this story for about three years now, and I've tried to engage uh, the major news outlets on it. And um, without that much success, to be frank, I had uh, the two uh, erstwhile editors, chief editors of the uh, JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, on a, a video conference, and much as you're seeing me, I hope and presume, uh, I was seeing both of them. And weirdly enough, they have been woke, uh, cancel culture, defrocked uh, from their offices. I, I, they're, they're still both MDs, medical doctors, uh, but uh, for totally different and frankly superfluous and bizarre reasons, they both relinquished their, their uh, thrones as chief editors of JAMA. Um, and, and right, this is before, I think it was in, in early winter of 2020, I had uh, the basis of my kind of Zika expose, which has now been published in the American Journal of Medicine, AJM, um, and it's called uh, Investigating the Zika Microcephaly Crash. And if you want to find that, it shouldn't be too hard. Um, and they were both interested. This is uh, Livingston, I, Dr. Livingston, I presume, and Dr. Bauschner. And... Uh, uh, they couldn't really assail my my facts or anything like that. And they said it's very interesting and ordinarily we might publish it, but we don't want to cast doubt on the public health establishment. And I, I think this is a really, this is kind of wrong thing uh, to quote uh, Orwell, uh, 1984. Um, you know, it, it, the, the public health establishment would, would have much more weight if they were, you know, willing to admit the times they made mistakes. And uh, and they acted accordingly. Uh, you know, I I have you know, been a parent now for thirty something years, and uh, you know I think when the kids are little, they think you're perfect. Um, I, as they get older, they understand you're not. Um, and that that point, you know, varies of of, of um, enlightenment varies from person to person. I remember, I'm not sure exactly what age, maybe you know nine or ten. I was thinking, you know, my mom tells me this stuff, and you know, does she have any real basis? Does she have any grounding? Or she's just going by her whims. And, um, you know, I don't think I was super rebellious, but there are points at which you, you know, are, are very reasonable to question the science such as it is presented because a lot of it's just dictate. And, um, and you know, nobody really should manage like that. I mean, if, if you're a king, yeah, sure, you can do that for a good length of time. And I think historically, humans have been ruled by kings. I'm not sure that says, but you know, more about humans or more about kings or power structure or the nature of armamentariums. Um, but, you know, we d currently don't have that. And uh, we should, you know, do our best to to question and query much as they do in, in the court of law. And 
you know, I, I think I don't think the, the Constitution is a living document. I think it says what it says. Interpretations vary, and then people can debate it, and they can bring it out in the in the front. And with science, you know, there's no specific uh, court of law to adjudicate something like Zika microcephaly. Uh, the 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 jury will be out. I mean, the, part of the reason I chose Zika microcephaly is a I chose it before COVID because I thought it was really odd that it, it was a you know huge pandemic in 2015 and 2016, and then just completely disappeared. But nobody disavowed it. And everyone stuck to their guns on this topic, um, and you know that's that's strange. Um, but then when I wanted, you know, it was my bad timing, I guess, and the world's bad timing in general to have COVID nineteen come along. Um, but then it was like to be crowded out, and nobody would touch my thing. But anyway, the, the Zika is still a great story because it's we have enough passage of time to to see and reckon with uh, the decisions that were made and whether those were valid and whether pe the public health people were really serving the public health or themselves or, or sticking around a narrative so that they couldn't ever be doubted later on. I think you know part of what's important to them is to be obeyed. And, and that is not you know, necessarily how you know, we should be treated, maybe subjects and slaves, possibly. Uh, there's another comment here. Um, I'm, gonna leave the comment uh, right there. It's kind of complicated, um, peripheral to what I wanna get at right this second. But um, so I, I I would recommend you look at my book because this, this you know, we have, uh, you know, there was a passage of a pandemic. It was the one of the, it was literally the top medical news story of 2016 and it's all gone. And nobody's apologizing, nobody's going back or anything like that. So I'm gonna read you that I, I got an article uh, published in the Washington Examiner uh, which is probably the only real newspaper in Washington, D.C. I don't know if you've uh, followed the uh, story of the reporter. Her, I think her last name is Lorenz. And uh, somebody uh, made a mathematical joke that this is the Lorenz transformation of the Washington Post. Although, you know, I think they had been transformed. You know, democracy dies in darkness, they, they say. And uh, uh, I'm not sure that what type of, you know, kind of darkness they are applying, uh, whether they're contributing in this, this event because uh, she went and doxed uh, the interesting and funny uh, libs of TikTok Twitter account. And, and all uh, the woman does, her name is Chaya uh, something. Uh, she lives in London and really bright gal. Um, and all she does is just translate. Uh, she doesn't alter, doesn't comment or anything. She just takes, you know, progressives ranting so forth on TikTok and puts on another platform. That's all she did. And, and, and the Washington Post doxed her which is release all the personal information and basically try to put, you know, the hex and the scourge of the mob upon her, um, and you know, mentioned her religion for whatever reason. I, I don't know, you know. So the Washington Post is is what it is. It certainly has the larger uh, uh, circulation, but the Washington Examiner is a great paper, and I'm very proud uh, to have my piece there. And I'd like to maybe spend a time and just show it to you and read it to you, and we'll see whether there's any relevance to uh, things that are going on now. Um, so uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. this, this, you know, the topic of this just came to me uh, kind of coincidentally to the, um, um, you know, vaccines. So I mean, I've written a book on Zika, but I, I kind of needed a, a, the, the final chapter. And I was like wondering, you know, here we are talking about COVID vaccine all the, over and over again. Whatever happened with the Zika vaccine? We had, we've had so much more time. And there, Zika and dengue are almost identical. I'll show you a picture in a second. And um, there, you know, there is a dengue vaccine, but nobody's made one for Zika. Like what happened? And that, that kind of unleashed a whole 
um, series of questions and they had want the weird thing is Zika had disappeared so thoroughly, but they still had this money. They had half a billion dollars of Zika funding of which they had not fully run out and they wanted to, you know, get a vaccine. So the weird thing is once Zika had disappeared from, uh, the world's health concerns, uh, they didn't have enough people basically on whom to test a vaccine to see if it worked. So the idea then was, Boeing, you know, idea was to go infect people with Zika who didn't have Zika so they could test the Zika vaccine. And this is a weird thing. It's called a human challenge trial. Um, and the ethics of such are, are questionable. And, um, you know, there, we've had we, the, the public health establishment, NIH and NIAID and so CDC were burned by the Tuskegee experiment, about which many people have heard, uh, where uh, people were given syphilis originally at a time when uh, there was no cure for syphilis. So that was, you know, the beginnings of it. And I think the 20s were not so bad, but it got continued on um, into the 40s, I believe, at a time which uh, penicillin did exist. And nobody informed the older uh, gentleman, for the most part, who had syphilis, uh, that this was the case, that it could be treated. So they, they they chose to follow their symptoms along rather than treat them. This is the public, this is your public health establishment. Um, at the time, uh, a lot of it was brought up as, as a racial issue, but the Tuskegee Institute, as you might know or recall, is one of these historically black uh, colleges. And I believe, you know, basically all the researchers were um, black, although some of the people from the CDC coordinating were not. Anyway, it, it was made into a big racial thing, but frankly, it's not so much a racial thing, in my view, as, as kind of public health um, overlords uh, going for something, you know, esoteric and, and, and refined which also happens to pay them uh, research dollars. So the, the research aspects, you know, sometimes supersede the actual public health aspects. And I think coincidentally in time, uh, there was a similar uh, experiment, as it were, a human challenge trial in Guatemala, where they took prisoners. Um, we paid uh, Guatemala to take their own prisoners. And I guess they gave them a, a night of uh, uh, making whoopee, um, which maybe the, some of the prisoners, uh, you know, were happy to avail themselves of, but as but they brought purposely in syphilis-infected prostitutes to the, to the prison. So this is not uh, necessarily the brightest chapter in our public health establishment. And and to to, to wit, um, when when there was suggestion early on in the Zika pandemic and our response to it that we go and um, infect people with Zika, they, they they made an ethics panel. They spent a million dollars plus on convening. Uh, dozens of ethicists uh, at the end of 2016. And by 2017, early, like February 2017, they came down with their edict and the, the tablets or scrolls were read. And it was like, no, don't do not do a human challenge trial for Zika because it's preventable, insecticized, uh, and so forth. And it's not uniformly fatal. And the rate of microcephaly is so rare, et cetera, et cetera. So the ethics panel uh, decided that this was not uh, something worth having a human challenge. As we headed into 2018, um, Doc, one Dr. Fauci, I've uh, got a, a quote that didn't make it into the final article, but um, basically uh, he was ready, you know, willing to go ahead and, um, and infect people anyway. And they wanted to do it in Brazil and possibly 10 other sites in Latin America, but principally in Brazil, a few sites in Brazil, because that was the source and site of the original uh, supposed pandemic. And Brazil's FDA, it's called Anvisa, uh, ultimately turned them down. And that's despite, you know, the potential of getting $100 million in a place that's relatively impoverished. I'm not sure all the money would have gotten to them, but certainly some of the uh, subjects would have been uh, paid 
um, or paid off uh, in order to get Zika. But Brazil had had enough of Zika, they didn't want it coming back. And there's always the potential when you infect people with Zika that mosquitoes might infect themselves and then transfect or transinfect other people with the uh, Zika later on and or pass it, uh, commun communicate it uh, through sexual contact. So, um, you know, Brazil, despite the Fauci pressure and so forth, took a hard pass on this. And and that there the, the trail went cold. So that was 2018. There was a big article in Science about this. And I was trying to finish my chapter uh, for my book on Zika. And um, I, I, you know, the trail went cold. Like, what's going on with the Zika vaccine? So I, I picked some of the names from the article, and I sent out some emails. And Dr. Anna Durbin from um, uh, the Bloomberg, Bloomberg Institute of Public Health in Johns Hopkins, Baltimore, um, was kind enough to respond. We have a communication. Now it's pretty curt on her side, but you know, she did let me on that. Uh, she's going to, you know, intending to go ahead and do a Zika human trial challenge in the United States. It's actually going on right now, from what I can tell, and I can show you the documentation. But anyway, I'm going to um, head over and uh, uh, read the article uh, to you because I can. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to listen. You can fast forward. And we're going to go over some some things that are going on oddly and inimically in the world of, of COVID as well. Um, so. Let me see if I can just get over here. Uh, I, as as a, a primer, um, I'm just going to show you a picture of. Um, let's see. Uh, there's, I guess this this picture here, uh, just for argument's sake. This is dengue, and this is Zika. Now these are there's there, there's no color at this microscopic level, so they made these things look actually more different uh, from each other than they are. Uh, dengue on the left, Zika on the right. Uh, if you if you do the black and white version. Um, uh, which I have uh, separately, I could, uh, it's going to take me a little bit of work to show it, but if you just, you know, kind of squint or um, you'll, you'll see that there's really not, no distinguishing feature difference between these two. They both look like uh, these soccer balls uh, with the pentagonal um, um, aspect to it. And, and they are genomically and genetically almost identical. So they come from the same exact family. Uh, Dengue's closest uh, not, you know, non-dengue, uh, there are four strains of major strains of dengue, but its closest viral relative is Zika and vice versa. So of, amongst all the thousands or I don't know how many viruses that there are around, these two are kissing cousins. They're almost identical, but dengue has caused illness and Zika never did. Um, it's dengue has millions of cases of micro, you know, without microcephaly and Zika had very few and supposedly with, uh, I, but I think a lot of that fell to the, to the wayside. So here's the, the Washington Examiner article. Uh, titled uh, "The Zika Vaccine Never Was, Its Experimental Trial Never Should uh, Excuse Me Should Never Be." Uh, my original title was "Zika's Very Human uh, Challenge," uh, based on the Human Challenge trial. And this is, I guess, somebody getting uh, uh, specimens of mosquitoes and so forth. Um, and the vaccine is being administered to at least 80 healthy individuals at three sites around the country. Um, so, Johns Hopkins Center for Immunization Research. And I apologize for reading this, but I think there's some good information in here. Is enrolling otherwise healthy medical subjects to be injected to be injected and infected uh, with Zika, the virus associated with microcephaly that created a global panic in 2015-2016. Undoubtedly, care is being taken so that Zika won't escape via sexual activity or an unseen mosquito bite by locally endemic Aedes albopictus. Now this is. Uh, a, a relative of Aedes aegypti, which is in the tropics, this one actually goes to temperate regions. Whether it can carry Zika, 
are not is, is unknown, hasn't yet. But anyway, the, but the mosquitoes are almost identical, just like Zika and dengue are almost identical, to cross-infect and contaminate the region. But even with precautions in place, the question arises, why are government-funded investigators six years after the Zika ep epidemic vanished, del deliberately infecting U.S. citizens now? Um, this rather unusual human challenge trial seems to be the public health response to the question of what had kept the well-funded, long-promised, but unrealized Zika vaccine from completion and distribution. Despite two years of frenetic activity, beginning with a $400 million appropriation in September 2016, the Zika vaccine endeavor lost steam because there was no there there, to quote Gertrude Stein, uh, her talking about Oakland. Zika's abrupt disappearance had eliminated the background incidence of natural infection that was necessary to validate vaccine trials. This is why, even though pharmacological science and industry were thus able to produce a COVID-19 vaccine within a year, the Zika vaccine efforts have gotten nowhere. In 2018, researchers attempted to circumvent the problem of Zika's absence by promoting a Zika human challenge trial, that is to infect people. This, mean, this meant infecting healthy Brazilian subjects with a virus that had stopped infecting people. In personal communications, Johns Hopkins Dr. Anna Durbin revealed that Brazil's version of the FDA had refused to conduct such experiments. For that reason, she set out to conduct such an experiment stateside. Is Dr. Durbin correct in doing so? Understanding Zika microcephaly's recent trajectory helps in this decision. In 2015, the Zika microcephaly pandemic took hold in Recife, Brazil. Flavivirus Zika, for decades seen as harmless, was now suddenly deemed responsible for congenital microcephaly. Small heads, diminished intellect, massive panic predictably ensued. Clinical tests for Zika did not exist until after the peak and microcephaly determinations had no firm diagnostic standard for frequency comparisons within Brazil, nor in any prior registry. Ultimately, only one in 20 microcephaly diagnoses persisted under later review. In January 2016, the WHO's Bruce Aylward acknowledged, in any unfolding crisis, you're dealing with a lot of uncertainty, including the precise nature of any link between Zika and microcephaly. By February 2016, the WHO had pivoted, declaring Zika a worldwide public health emergency. The CDC then issued a travel advisory for 14 Latin American countries. Debate arose over canceling the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, what I call Rio, 1,500 miles from the outbreak's epicenter. Brazil's military was mobilized for insect reduction. Health ministers led by WHO-aligned experts recommended that women forego childbirth completely and indefinitely anticipating a near future Zika vaccine for their populace. I'm just gonna pause for a second. This, this is something, not even COVID-19, uh, uh, you know, the most vigorous of those worried about that uh, recommend for us. And that is to stop having children completely. This is, this is uh, you know, not really been seen since World War II and the Nazis directing it at a certain uh, fraction of their population, Jewish and whatnot, that people stop having childbirth. But yet this was recommended um, and, and certain of the health ministers uh, in, in various countries in, in Latin America and parts of Brazil uh, recommended the same. This is really shocking. Uh, federal funds, and, 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 and again, they, they would be still be waiting because there's no vaccines ever since. Federal funds um, of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAD, were even borrowed from other purposes to create such a vaccine before the appropriation in 2016, presuming that active infection would persist. It did not. Institu institutionally haunted by fallout from the Tuskegee and Guatemala syphilis human challenging experiments, 
NIAID sponsored an ethics panel in late 2016. It concluded by specifically forbidding any sort of human challenge trial involving Zika, given that the disease is non-fatal non and avoidable. But NIAID's Dr. Anthony Fauci, apparently ignoring the ethics panel's advice, endorsed a Brazilian trial of this kind to 2018, all the while acknowledging that Zika may have been a one-hit wonder. It's a risk that you'll spend this money and never use the vaccine, he said. The New York Times adequately summed up the controversy at the time, noting that although scientists were saying a human challenge trial is necessary to prevent a future epidemic, bioethicists had concluded the research had insufficient value to justify the risks. I'm going to highlight that phrase. Ultimately, Brazil chose NIAID's ethics panel over its official recommendations. It stands to reason. In fact, every further Zika Zika vaccine tax dollar represents waste, fraud, and abuse. To infect humans so long after Zika's disappearance implies either a harmless virus or a heartless study. Either possibility undercuts the rationale. Dr. Durbin sees Zika as both dangerous and dormant, cyclically awakening. With only one data point, this is unverifiable. She kind of has a view of it a little bit like locust that's going to come back. Uh, I, I think this is uh, hasn't happened. Anyway. In 1965, Dr. Erwin Schatz, father to Hawaii's senior U.S. Senator, objected to the NIH's use of impoverished test subjects as collateral dam damage in the Tuskegee study. In its earliest phases before penicillin, Tuskegee had diagnostic value. The real sin was in its continuation, willfully ignoring changed medical circumstances, endangering subjects, and aggrandizing observers. Let's learn from our errors and stop this Zika human experiment. If a Zika revival warrants this vaccine's revival, then there are more robust interim interim vaccines that will bridge the gap. Uh, that's me. Um, Overturning Zika is the book um, and investigating Zika microcephaly's uh, crash. So um, you can take a look at, at both of these um, at your leisure. Uh, and uh, there's the book. Um, and uh, the article is is here. Um, they're, they're, you know, the, the article is obviously a shorter read, um, technically coming out in July, but it's already been up uh, since February. So you can take a look at that. Uh, we go over a lot of the stuff ranging with Zika. Anyway, um, let me just come back out of this uh, for a second. Um, so I don't know why this needs to be done right now. Um, you know, we've learned so much about vaccines that if Zika, you know, were, were a thing, uh, certainly Brazil would clamor for it. Brazil said no, yet we are saying yes. Um, why is that? I, I think that has a lot to do with the, you know, some of the, I mean, we could be a little bit cynical and some of the rationale that people have now for doing this, which is uh, self-aggrandizement. You know, you publish, you, you know, in, in academia, you either publish or you perish. And while you're publishing, you certainly get grants and the grants uh, can be lucrative. Um, you know, th this, you know, again, nearly half a billion dollars has been spent on the Zika vaccine. There's no vaccine. You know, I, I like to give uh, you know credit where credit is due. You know, Mr. Trump's um, uh, organization of operation Warp speed, uh, relatively speaking, was warp speed. So you should uh, take some solace in that. Uh, leaving aside, you know, whether the vaccine, uh, you know, is overforced on people. Now, this is another topic. Anyway, um, that's kind of my Zika vaccine stuff. Um, I th hope that kindles, uh, no pun intended, some interest in you. Um, and uh, what else do we have? Well, you know, while I was 
um, looking at that article, one of the ads, I don't know if you saw it, um, in the Washington Examiner was uh, pointing out, so we're going to make a little segue. We're going to go back into uh, COVID uh, stuff. Um, so it, it mentioned, I, I found this hard to believe. Uh, the city of Philadelphia is going to reinstate an indoor mask mandate, the first major U.S. city to do so this spring. And, and so you got to wonder, like, why? Uh, what's going on? And uh, somewhere along the line here, I have, uh, here is Pennsylvania. Uh, as far as I remember, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. Uh, this is the stuff going on now, daily new cases. Uh, you're talking about this down here. This is not even a blip. What What's going through their head? I, I have no idea. This is 2020 major COVID. Uh, this is um, uh, the Omicron wave when, when it was very, uh, a lot of cases, people getting sick with basically what's kind of a bad cold. And and of course, there were very few uh, uh, fatalities, really speaking. Some of these are, are residual from Delta. But overall, um, there's nothing going on. There's no deaths. Um, you know, people do die. I forget the population of Pennsylvania precisely. I think it's around 20 million or something like that. Um, but whatever the number is, you know, I think it's uh, uh, you're expecting maybe uh, 600 deaths a day anyway. Um, in the normal population, you're talking about nine. Uh, and again, you don't get to see a lot of the, the breakout of the data, but these are likely elderly. Uh, the United States not having an issue. We're turning the other way. Um, and, uh, you know, what's up with that? I don't know. But, you know, similar things are going on in other places. Um, I, we mentioned last week what's going on in Shanghai, uh, China. Um, and, uh, you know, here's a, a video, which is really sad. Um, I'll play it briefly. This is kind of the discord when government is, is, is running the show. Um, these are trash bags all uh, piled up. A lot of this is just rotten food. Uh, people, you know, the government workers are paid the same amount to deliver it or not deliver it, most likely. And this is what you're getting. So people are, are I don't think literally they're starving, but they're certainly hungry uh, sitting in their apartments. Um, and uh, uh, why are they doing this? Uh, they're doing it for a, a piece of COVID that has really nothing to do with anything. Um, it's It's... You know, they're looking at it from a, and kind of a authoritarian way. Uh, they has the word coronavirus in front of it. But this current coronavirus is an Omicron um, and it's it's pretty mild. Um, you know, so what, what they're trying to do here, this is a really cool graphic uh, shows the urban density, ambient density of Shanghai. Uh, most of your cities, uh, the United States and what London, I think, has its, high, its peaks right around here. Uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong have huge densities. So they're, they're trying to corral a virion that can go from person to person to person to person in a, a city which has effectively the highest density uh, on planet Earth. So how do they do that? They uh, lock people up. Um, uh, and what do they do? They, they um, keep people uh, quarantined. Here's, um, here's a, basically a, a pen. Um, I can make this a little bigger. Uh, where people who are completely asymptomatic to begin with are being shuttled off here because they had a positive test. Uh, craziness. Uh, do they need them look really sick? No, they do not. They look bored. And they're, this is this is people having their rights taken away. Uh, good luck with this. This is, uh, you know, I mean, maybe the people get away with it in the meanwhile, but I'm not sure about the long run. Uh, this is corroborated. Uh, Associated Press uh, talks about uh, letting <laughs> Shanghai allowed Four more, four million more people out of their homes Wednesday, as coronavirus rules ease. 
Uh, almost 12 million people of the city's 25 million can now leave their homes. Yay! After the city imposed lockdown starting March 28th. So we're talking about three weeks ago and more. Um, this is, uh, you know, and then there's a food crisis here. This one is talking about the man-made food crisis. Same thing I have in a previous video. That food just goes to waste because the workers who do this uh, get paid uh, regardless of how well they do it um, or not. Um, there was a another uh, picture. I'm not sure I can find it. Um, showing how kids are supposed to go to school and basically these huge hazmat suits. Uh, I, I don't get it. Um, I saw from the Babylon Bee kind of a funny meme uh, that, you know, schools are going to, you know, school is going to be held in uh, airplanes so the second graders can finally uh, take their masks off. Um, so, you know, how do they how do they come up with this stuff? I don't know. They do. And you have to be on guard. I mean, you, you know, Ronald Reagan uh, said famously, uh, you know, the scariest words on earth are like, I'm here from the government. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Uh, their version of, of what is right for you uh, doesn't necessarily coincide with what actually is right for you. Uh, so I, I'm going to leave that there uh, and take a break. I hope you enjoyed uh, what we had to, to uh, cover tonight. Um, maybe just see, check for a second if there's anything else that I missed that's uh, vital for you to know in our absence. Um, you know, I think that pretty much covers. I, there are probably some few other things, but I can uh, catch up with them next time. We're probably going to be morphing this, uh, hopefully, if things quiet down, unless we turn all to Philadelphia based on political science rather than science science. Um, and I'm looking for other topics. I have some other books in the works. Um, and um, and we're going to be morphing a little bit to do, uh, you know, general health concerns. So if you have questions, things you'd like me to address, I'm a primary care physician uh, with long experience, and um, hopefully I can provide some uh, value and interest for you uh, as time goes on. Anyway, thank you so much for attending. Um, please, you know, feel free to pass this along, share it as as you would, and I appreciate any uh, book sales. And if you can um, um, leave a review. That would be helpful. A better review is even better. Uh, good reviews and so forth. Um, I uh, look forward to talking with you again. Thank you so much and have a great night.